Friends, before we begin, let me invite you to keep up with all the Tracks for the Journey resources by subscribing to the Tracks Express newsletter. Once a week, I send a wide range of helps for well-being directly to your inbox. The Express has inspiration and insights for spirituality, relationships, ecology, emotional health, and yes, recipes for good food. The easiest way to subscribe is on my website, www.tracksforthejourney.com. Thanks for listening today. In the year 1711, a young British poet wrote a long essay about the literary critics who were often merciless in their attacks on writers like himself. He urged the critics to help poets improve rather than attacking them. The essay was in perfect poetic style with over 740 lines, a prodigious work that brought much attention to him. Now that 310 years have passed, only three lines out of that long poem have remained in the public mind. In the most memorable words of what he wrote, Alexander Pope urged the critics to be more understanding. He said, To err is human, to forgive divine. Forgiveness is one of the most important choices we can ever make. It is also one of the most difficult. I'm Larry Payne, your host of Tracks for the Journey, and in this episode I want us to explore what forgiveness can do for us. The poet, Alexander Pope, may have written it is an act of God, but we must learn to do our part to make our lives better too. So I want you to stay with me today as we develop some very practical ideas about how we can forgive others to give our life a greater well-being. All of us have experienced wrongs that wound us. Can you think of one of yours? Some of you may instantly see the face of an abusive spouse screaming. Others may hear the laughter of cruel friends. Perhaps an unjust boss blamed you for something that wasn't your fault. Crime can leave a bitterness festering in our soul for years. What about those painful memories from childhood? Think how many years ago that was, and yet they linger. Each of us can acknowledge that granting forgiveness is a battle. The wrongs we experience seem to demand that we get revenge. How sweet we think it would be to make that person suffer just like I have done. So we nurse our wound, we enlarge our pain, rehearse how we were hurt. But usually, we're the ones who suffer when we harbor anger and unforgiveness. Medical research has shown that persons who are angry are more likely to have physical illness. There's an especially strong connection between anger and heart problems. A study at the University of Wisconsin showed that patients who reported unforgiven episodes had a higher rate of heart disease than those who practiced forgiveness. Another study connected anger and immune system response. 
Even five minutes of anger seem to affect the immune responses for up to six hours. An old proverb says, To choose revenge is to dig two graves. If we harbor our grievance or lack of forgiveness, it will become a poison in our life. In this season of Easter, the words of Jesus during his crucifixion are some of the most amazing in the Bible. He said, Father, forgive them. The soldiers who had driven the iron spikes in his body no doubt hurt him. The religious leaders who had pronounced him a heretic probably hurt him too. But his words were large enough to cover an entire nation who needed forgiveness and to spread across a planet for all of these years with a message that God's love would cover billions of souls with the good news of forgiveness. Now, what does forgiveness really mean? Stanford University's Dr. Fred Luskin, in his book, Forgive for Good, has some wisdom. Forgiveness is a skill we can learn. It is for your well-being primarily, not the person who's wronged you. It is a decision made by you alone to achieve peace within. To quote Dr. Luskin, Forgiveness does not change the past, but it changes the present. It means that even though you are wounded, you choose to hurt and to suffer less. Don't you think our world would be a better place if we chose to forgive someone today? As we take a brief break from this episode, let me tell you about something that you may not be aware of. On the Tracks for the Journey website, there is a transcript of every episode that I have created. You may not be aware that you can go to the website and not only listen to an episode from the past, but also read the transcript. Some people find that easier and faster in order to catch up on what's going on. Those transcripts also give the citations of any works that I've quoted by an author who might support what we're studying for that session. I would urge you to go to the Tracks for the Journey website or the buzzsprout.com website where you can listen to the episode and also read the transcript. I hope you're enjoying what we're doing on Tracks for the Journey and I invite you to give me any comments that you'd like. The email is trackspodcast at gmail.com. this episode of Tracks for the Journey, we're talking about forgiveness. It really is a challenge when we've been hurt. How can we grant it to someone who doesn't even deserve it? It's not easy. But I'd like to share three very specific steps that I've adapted from the work of Dr. Luskin in his book, Forgive for Good. Number one, stop the blame game. 
The first step in forgiveness is to stop the blame game. In that game, we say, My problems are all his fault. He hurt me so badly I can't ever love someone again. He ruined my life. That's the blame. The blame to someone else for what happened. And certainly, that person did something. But that's not the first step to the solution. Listen to a Bible quote from Genesis chapter 3. It was Adam in the metaphorical story who said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Now, in this story, Adam knew exactly where to put the blame, didn't he? His answer is so childish it makes us laugh. But this is the basic attitude reflected when we blame others for what we're struggling with today. Do you know what this blame-fixing really does? It gives the person we blame control of our life. We put our emotional state in the hands of some past encounter of a person who wronged us at that time. We make ourselves helpless now, putting the strings of our life in the hands of a puppet master from the past. We tie our future to the person who has given us a painful past because we're waiting for that person to change. More than 60 years after the end of World War II, a veteran in Amarillo, Texas, was interviewed. During the war, Jack had spent three years in a brutal Japanese POW camp on the island of Burma. Half of his fellow prisoners died of disease, exhaustion, mistreatment, and malnutrition. On the 60th anniversary of Victory Over Japan Day, he was asked for his feelings. He said, There's no way we could ever forgive the way they treated us. They were animals. To forgive, we must stop the blame game. It's not that we excuse what the person did, but we say, I am responsible for my own attitudes today. I was hurt by what that person did, but I don't have to let that stop me from living. I can move forward again. I will be in charge of my life and my emotions. The second step is to let go of the past. Say the words, I forgive you. The word forgive, used in the language Jesus spoke, literally describes letting something go so that it can fall to the ground. Forgiveness is deciding to let it go. Forgiveness is deciding to leave it behind. It is to release what you've held against someone. It does not mean that you agree with what happened, or that you condone the action, or that the person is not responsible. But it does mean you are letting go and putting the past in the past so that you can write a new story for the future. You may object to this. I, I can't forgive him. But we can think once again of the example of Jesus. What more horrible fate could a person experience in that first century than to be flogged, ridiculed, shamed, and crucified? But he said, Father, forgive them. We can also use the action of God toward us as a motivation. We have received forgiveness, and so we can grant it to others. In the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul writes, 
Forgive each other just as God in Christ forgave you. I've been forgiven. Now it's my turn to release that grace to someone else. You may remember decades ago that an assassination attempt was made on the life of Pope John Paul II. A gun was fired. He was wounded severely. But in 1984, he went to the prison to see the man who had shot him. The man was named Ali Agra, a Muslim, who had come to Rome, aimed a gun at the Pope, and fired the shot that nearly killed him. The Pope went to the prison. They had a private conversation. And at the end, he put his arm around the young man and said, I forgive you. In our episode today, we're trying to find some practical ways to deal with forgiveness and how we can look to what has wronged us and yet move forward in our lives. We've talked about stopping the blame game, and we've also talked about letting go of the past, dropping it, and putting it where it should be. The third part is to rewrite the story. The final step in forgiving that offender and being released from our past is to rewrite the way we think about the past. Each time that I retell my tragedy and cast myself as a victim, it reinforces the negative consequences. But here's a better way. Look at the incident again and write a new story that moves beyond the hurts of the past. At one time, you were a victim, yes, but with forgiveness, you can become the hero. You can start telling your story to be the one who was big enough, strong enough, courageous enough to move forward with God's help and heal from the past. We can't change the past, but we can change the way we think about the past. Here's what I mean. Let's say that you've been wounded by the dishonesty of a business associate who stole thousands of dollars. By forgiving him, you let go of that painful past experience. You can write a new story to say, I had a great dream that was shattered by that guy, but by God's help, I'm going to keep pushing on to rebuild my dream. Other people have overcome financial setbacks, and I'll do that too. I'm not a victim. I'm going to overcome and rebuild and be stronger for it. In the words of Dr. Luskin, remember that a life well lived is your best revenge. Instead of focusing on your wounded feelings and thereby giving the person who hurt you power over you, learn to look for the love, beauty, and kindness around you. That's a philosophy that we can truly live with. In 1983, Graham and Gladys Staines, Australian missionaries to India, were married. Both were serving Christ at a leprosy center there in India. The leprosy center had been founded nearly 100 years before. And during the next two decades, the Staines, serving together, 
would raise three children and minister to thousands of people who had been thrown out from their families because of this terrible disease. All of that changed one terrible night in 1999. Hindu extremists found Graham and the two boys asleep in their car outside a mission church and set the car on fire. All three were burned to death. Wouldn't any of us struggle with forgiveness in that situation? But she stayed the course of her ministry and her faith. She said to a reporter, If we don't experience the grace of God, we become bitter. We have to turn to God, not to others. Experience forgiveness and forgive others. God's grace is always available. And once you forgive, there will be healing. In 2002, Gladys was awarded the Gandhi Award, India's highest honor of social recognition. She continued her work with leprosy patients for years. In 2015, she received the Mother Teresa Memorial Award for Social Justice. Millions have heard the story of her continued work and Christ's love because she was able to forgive the terrible crime that was committed. Extending forgiveness to someone who's wronged you? It's not easy. But there are practical steps we can take. There is an antidote to the poison of bitterness. It is the grace of forgiveness. This will break the shackles of anger that chain us, and it frees our own heart to love others again. Keep in mind these three practical steps. Stop the blame game. Release the grudge. Write a new story as the hero. Thank you for sharing this episode of Tracks for the Journey. I'm Larry Payne, your creator and host of Tracks for the Journey. I invite you to join me on the Tracks for the Journey Facebook page. You can also email me at trackspodcast at mail.com. Tracks for the Journey is recorded at the Bright Star Studio, all rights reserved. Original music is by Jan Bjork through Epidemic Music. The scripture is from the New International Version. Keep tracking on your path to well-being.